Hi everyone. Welcome to the Desi Crime Podcast. I'm Ashwarya, your host for this episode, and I'm Aryan. And we just want to start by thanking all of you so much for tuning in to listen today. Once you're done listening, make sure you leave an honest review about how you liked us so we can choose one of you for a free crime ebook giveaway. And with that, let's get started. New Delhi, India's capital and a city of 30 million people is infamous for being the suicide capital of the world. Yet, the case that I have for you today still gives me sleepless nights. This is a case of a mass suicide by 11 members of the same family. This is the Burari case. Okay so Aryan I just want to start by telling you that I am obsessed with this case. When I say it's given me sleepless nights, I actually mean I have physically stayed up for so many nights and gone back and like revisited the pictures and all the videos that came out in association with it. I am absolutely obsessed and I think that's exactly why it's the first case we've ever done on this podcast. I can completely understand why you or anybody else would be completely embroiled with this case. The first time I came across this case was this clickbaity headline on Twitter which said 11 members of the same family found it and naturally I clicked on it. The only thing about that article that stood out to me was this one picture of 11 people of the same family, kids, adults alike, hanging from the ceiling of a Delhi urban posh house. and after that that news became national headline everybody seemed to be talking about it but within 2 weeks it sort of died out i i honestly don't know what happened after that i think that's exactly one of the problems with this case is that it's sensational in its headlines but there are so many fringe informations that nobody read up about naturally a case dies down after a while but those are the fringe informations that actually make this case so intriguing like it's not just the fact that 11 people killed themselves or were killed by somebody when that in itself is so morbid yet there are so many other details that just make it even creepier but um, that's exactly our job it's our job to bring those details to the forefront and uh, bring this case to light once again after it sort of died down that's the thing right i mean 11 people died murder suicide we don't know it was sensational for such a short period of time yeah and what does the final police report say i don't know what happened after that what happened with the forensic analysis i have no idea and i guess that's why we have ashwara researching about morbid things at 12 in the night telling yes. me to watch videos and screenshotting my reactions and posting them on our instagram which by the way is at desi crime so go check them out and i think with that please tell us what happened all right so to tell you guys what happened i want to take you back 2 years in time 
I want to take you to the day all of this started on July 1st, 2018. It's a normal day in Burari, New Delhi, and it's 6 a.m. now. Everybody's starting to wake up and everybody's starting to get ready for their regular morning routines. Gurcharan Singh, a 79-year-old resident of Burari, wakes up at around 6:30 a.m. his regular time to wake up and gets ready for his regular morning walk. On his walk, he takes his regular morning route, passing by a general store that's run by the Bhatia family of Burari. Now, the Bhatia family have lived in this neighborhood for more than 22 years. But today, something seems off to Gurcharan Singh. The Bhatias who usually open their store by 6 a.m. every single morning without fail have not yet done so. The shutters are down. Packets of milk and crates of bread left by the supply truck lay untouched outside the shop. So now people have started collecting in front of the shop as they wait to buy their groceries for the day. Now all of this immediately stands out to Gurcharan who you have to remember has lived across the bhatias since 1997 see that doesn't exactly make sense to me i go on morning walks and morning jogs and if the mother dairy beside me was closed i wouldn't even bat an eye towards it the fact that he has lived there for 22 years makes me understand why somebody who's lived in a locality for so long might begin to observe such small differences and it's interesting to you know just to think about the fact that both you and I would never even stumble across such differences oh i completely agree i'm an army child and i've never stayed in a single location for more than a year so i don't really pick out on these details and i feel myself not getting very attached to a physical location so to say yeah. but that's exactly why it's so important to understand how long he's lived in front of the bhatia house and in this locality but you know it wasn't just that either for the past few months gurcharan singh has been going on a morning walk with one of the members of the bhatia family and that morning that person didn't show up so now gurcharan singh is worried but not terribly so so he decides to pick up his phone and call the family the phone rings he waits the phone rings but nobody picks up see this is the point at which my suspicions would begin to rise if i was living in the same place for 22 years walking with the same friend and that friend doesn't show up and gives me no warning Then it turns out that that friend's shop which is usually pretty punctual in opening is closed. And the fact that I call him and he doesn't pick up. Alarm bells at this point start going off in my head too. So just like you now, his suspicions are growing and rightfully so. At about 7 a.m. he decides to walk over to the Bhatia family's house which stands right across the street from his own. He walks up to their gate and finds it open. He pushes it in, walks up the stairs of his house, and what he sees in front of his eyes is a sight Gurcharan Singh will never forget. Ah, hold on, hold on, wait, 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 please. Ah, okay. For, What's okay. wrong? Let's recap. All right. First, tell me, what is the Bhati Bhatia family? Who is the Bhatia family? They live in Burari. Where is Burari? What What is the social standing of this family? All right so I'll pause for a minute here absolutely kill our listeners but explain the Bhatia family to you 
so we know that they've lived in burari which is a constituency of delhi for the last 22 years but they're originally from rajasthan uh, for our non desi listeners rajasthan is the largest state in india a few members of this family live there even today but the majority of them moved to new delhi in the 1990s in burari the family runs one grocery store the one that gulcharan singh passed by and a plywood business They were known to be an extremely helpful family and one that actively took part in the functionings of the small knit community of Burari. In fact, a neighbor stated that when she gave birth to her first child, the family stepped in and helped her take care of the baby to a very large extent. They were also extremely well-to-do and never faced any significant financial troubles. So everything clearly seems to be going in the favor of the family and everybody claimed that they were incredibly happy and incredibly loving i wish my family was like <laughs> that that's a pretty good family i wish that too so now the bhatia family has 11 members and that has earned them the title of the biggest family in burari now going ahead i just want to explain to you guys the family tree of the bhatias and trust me this can get slightly complicated especially for our non desi listeners so let's begin The eldest member of the Bhatia family is Narayani Devi who's 75 years old. Her husband passed away in 2007 from a respiratory illness but this was an incredibly tough time for the family. She has two sons Bhavnesh who's 50 and Lalit who's 45. Bhavnesh is married to a woman named Savita who's 48 and Lalit is married to a woman named Tina who's 42. Narayani Devi also has a daughter named Pratibha Bhatia who's 57. Now all of Narayani Devi's children had children of their own. Priyanka who's 33 is Prathiba's daughter. Neetu who's 25 was Bhavnesh's elder daughter. Monu who's 23 is Bhavnesh's younger daughter. Dhruv who's 15 is Bhavnesh's youngest son and Shivam who's also 15 is Lalit's only son. Okay so if you're anything like me that barely made sense to you. Indian family <laughs> trees kind of get complicated like that. So if you need help following up with this you can go on to our Instagram at desi crime and we've uploaded the family tree for all of you to refer to although it isn't required it'll really help you keep track of this immensely scary/complicated case So I understand that it's complicated and to put all of this simply these are three generations living under the same roof for the last 22 years and Gurcharan Singh just walks into their house and finds 10 of the 11 members of this family hanging from an iron grill in the ceiling of their courtyard wait who was the 11th one didn't all 11 commit suicide by hanging the 11th person is actually 75 year old narayani devi the oldest member of the family who was found strangled lying on the floor of an adjacent room now aran if you were gurcharan what would be your first reaction if i honest to god if i if i didn't pass out after seeing that i would run for my life not surprisingly gurcharan singh's reaction was exactly the same yes ashwara he's a human any sane human would do that here is a quote from him to prove exactly that that i like aryan to read it was shocking i stayed only for 10 15 seconds before rushing downstairs to call my seniors at the time I noticed nothing other than lots of bodies hanging just like branches of a tree. Creepy, I know. 
Soon after, at about 7.30, the police arrives and finds all 11 members dead in the house, with only one survivor, the family dog Tommy found chained to the terrace. Now, if you guys think an entire family of 11 people found hanging isn't creepy enough, let me explain to you how they were found hanging. All 10 members that were found hanging were blindfolded, they were found gagged with pieces of cloth in their mouths and their mouths were also taped. They had pieces of cotton in their ears and the hands and legs of 8 of the 11 were tied with cut out pieces of bedsheet and wire. How is this a suicide? Isn't this clearly a setup? So, when the cops enter the crime scene for the very first time, that is exactly what they thought. And that's what becomes the first theory of this case. This case started out as one that so many believed involved foul play. And there are still so many out there that believe that the family was murdered. And there are a few really, really important reasons for that. It clearly seems like foul play to me. I mean, why would somebody who wants to commit suicide gag themselves tie their own legs and how would how would you even proceed to tying your legs and then hanging yourself and put cotton buds in your ears that makes no sense it's clearly foul play so right now that is the theory that makes most sense but wait till you hear the rest of this podcast so why everybody thinks this is a murder is for a few really important reasons Firstly, because of course, like Aryan said, the bodies are found with their mouths and their eyes covered and their hands and their legs tied. Also, the feet of the bodies were eerily close to the ground that made many believe that the entire scene was staged after a crime. At the face of it, the cops and the people who hear the case fail to understand the purpose of doing all of this if the intention was just suicide. But that's not all. Priyanka, the 33-year-old granddaughter of Narayani Devi, had just recently gotten engaged on June 17th and was scheduled to get married to a very well-off Noida-based software engineer. The Bhatias had spent very lavishly on the event and many families from Burari had attended. When interviewed, Priyanka's fiancé said, and I quote, Priyanka was a normal, simple girl. She believed in living a simple life and was well-educated. If she was about to commit suicide, then why would her family get her engaged to me? If there's something called too normal, this family seems too normal. Definitely. And like you said, I almost want to be them. They kind of have everything going for them. But with all of this now in their suicide, you're left grappling with the question, what could have gone wrong in a span of just 15 days in the lives of not just one member of the family, but all 11 that compelled them to take this step? What was it that led even to 15-year-old boys to kill themselves? Yeah, it's this... I can understand perhaps something in suicide and 35-year-old people who are depressed and I I can still empathize with that. But when 15-year-old boys are committing suicide, it it isn't committing suicide for me anymore. It It seems like a setup. Definitely. And they truly do seem like a normal family with 15-year-old boys and a 25-year-old son. And everything seems to be going for them. In fact, the night of their deaths, the two 15-year-old boys were seen playing cricket at about 11pm, which would have been shortly before their death. And a friend who regularly played with them came forward to tell the cops that there was absolutely nothing odd about their behaviour. He said, and I quote, They looked happy and were playing around 11pm. Bhavnesh uncle was watching them play from his shop. We played cricket with them during the holidays and it's really hard to believe that they're no more. End quote. These kids are by far to me 
the most haunting piece of this entire story because if they were normal or behaving normally few hours before this entire thing went down it can on- it leads me to believe one of two things right the first thing being that the entire charade was planned between 11 in the night and 6 in the morning in a matter of few hours and it's far too elaborate to be planned in 6 hours it it's foul play if that's the case but the second possibility the fact that they knew they were going to die and that they were okay with it Aran I can almost feel your brain really trying to figure out what all of this means and just like you gossip over what happened at the Bhatia house became regular chitter chatter of the town over the course of the next few days the cops and the people of Burari grappled with so many possibilities and if the first possibility was murder the second most talked about possibility was that maybe one of the family members decided to kill everybody and then kill themselves Now the main suspect in this theory turned out to be 45-year-old Lalit, Narayani Devi's youngest son. Many of those who were really close to the family came forward and said that ever since his father's death in 2007, Lalit became extremely introverted. Shortly after, he started praying in front of trees, offering food to animals and visiting a crematorium very frequently. Apparently in 2004, a major incident also shook his life. He was pushed under several pieces of plywood and set on fire. His friend came forward and said, "I quote, we knew who did it, but the incident was resolved after a small compromise." End quote. Now, I have to point out that when I read all of this, it doesn't stand out to me too much. The death of a family member and especially a parent can be really really hard on a child and everybody has a different way of dealing with it. So while this is eerie and may explain things in retrospect, but on the face of it all of this is just normal behavior to me. If I could somehow step into his shoes for even a second, I can understand why a religious person would become more religious at the time of a loved yep. one's loss. Why they would start you know showing kindness towards other human beings in a way of retribution or you know making up for your sins so that your ancestors can live in peace so why this stood out to the police i do not understand foul play is still making far more sense to me definitely and you know this by now this is not where this case stops this case just keeps getting creepier A close relative of the family came forward and told the Hindu, a very prominent newspaper in India, of a very peculiar incident. 10 days after the death of Lalit's father, the family held some prayers and rituals in his honor. During those prayers, as the priest was chanting his verses, Lalit started murmuring something to himself. Everybody in the room fell silent and looked at him, waiting for an explanation. Soon Lalit stopped his murmurs and all that left his mouth was father has come back now <laughs> hold on aran you need to know this this was the first time lalit had spoken ever since his father had died um i don't want to do this case anymore we were <laughs> supposed to do a crime podcast this is something out of conjuring or something It this really is not is. a horror podcast we, how how can you deal in the realm of spirit th- again you going to sue a spirit arrest a spirit Nah, the foul play. I, I, I'm team foul play right now. Aran, hold on. This case 
just keeps getting worse. Later, a neighbor of the Bhatia family also came forward and said, and I quote, My children told me that the Bhatia children often told them that their uncle was possessed with the spirit of their grandfather. Holy crap. If you think this makes him look bad, wait till you hear me out. By this time now, the cops have managed to recover the phones of all the family members, all of which were found heavily taped, kept away in a drawer in the prayer room of the house, taped to the drawer. The first phone they search for is, of course, Lalit's, and it only increases everybody's suspicion of him. There are hours and hours and hours worth of paranormal shows watched by him, and he was regularly reading up about spirits, the afterlife, death, and possession. Possession. This possession annoys me because now I know what you're leading to. Not comfortable with it at all. And it doesn't help Lalit's case that after this, the cops found the diaries. No. See, I have a strong problem with diaries. Every time diaries is involved in something that is usually the key piece and has things in it that that uncover almost everything. It wasn't just one diary, Aran. The cops retrieved 22 notes and 11 diaries written over the span of 11 years that they believed all belonged to Lalit. Now, it was the discovery of these diary entries that turned this case in a direction so many people didn't see coming. Hold on and try and understand this. Before these discoveries were made, Lalit just seemed like a relatively likely suspect whose change in habits and demeanour caught the attention of the cops. However, after the discovery of these diaries, he turned into the man whose fall to insanity and most probably a mental disorder led this family to suicide. In these diaries were found detailed, quote, instructions that Lalit claimed he was receiving from his dead father. There were pages on pages on pages of murmurings of things that the family should have done to attain salvation, the rites and rituals the family should conduct in order to free the souls of the dead that roamed their house, and of all the things Lalit claimed his father was saying to him for almost 11 years since he had passed away. But there were two that stood out the most to me. Aran, could you please read them out for us? You can't ask me to do this after saying all of this. This My voice is literally shaking right now. Oh, okay. I quote. Dhanteras aakar chali gai. Kisi ki purani galti ke abhaav se kuch prapti se dur ho gaya. Agli diwali na mana sako. Chetavni ko nazar andaz karne ke bajaye gaur kiya karo. And the English translation is. The festival of Dhanteras has already been celebrated. You are far from achieving something due to someone's mistakes. There is a possibility you may not see the next festival of Diwali. Don't ignore the warnings. Holy crap, Ashura, that's scary. There's All right, another one. There's another one. Um, here you go. Four souls... <laughs> Four souls are still wandering with me. If you improve yourself, these souls will be freed. You feel that by completing all the rituals in Haridwar, the souls achieve salvation. I am accompanied by the souls of others also. Was this like, this was written? This was written 
in 11 diaries and there are so many more like these in fact joint commissioner of police our lok kumar stated and i quote we have found handwritten notes detailing how hands and legs are to be tied and are quite similar to the manner in which the bodies of 10 persons were found they are exhaustive notes and we are currently studying them detailed directions provided in the diaries matched how the bodies were found with their faces covered mouths taped and cotton balls in their ear hanging in this manner according to the diaries was an attempt by the family to recreate the formation of the branches of a banyan tree for a ritual called bad tapasya or banyan tree worship just think of that for a second the imagery that it creates banyan trees for all those that do not know are found all over india and they have these stem root extensions that hang from the branches of the tree and i have seen the photos and we have uploaded a few photos on our instagram if you want to go check them out the imagery that it concurs when you think of a banyan tree it is yep. astoundingly similar with how those bodies were found hanging and i think that just makes all of this even creepier the diary also mentions and i quote everyone will tie their own hands and when the ritual is over everyone will help each other untie their hands end quote signifying that the family was not expecting to die so wait what yep they are uh... So they wanted to they wanted to perform this ritual. Just hold your horses. We're going there. So the but the point of the ritual was to attain moksha, right? And for all of those you who you don't who don't know what moksha is, moksha is basically in the Hindu philosophy people believe that after death there isn't necessarily going to heaven. It's this concept of afterlife and being reborn again and again in different forms and the fact that salvation or moksha as it's called is once you leave that cycle of rebirth and that is what is the penultimate goal in life the fact that they were aiming towards that and it wasn't a suicide at any point is you kill 15 year old boys doing that that's just another theory but it's one that's extremely creepy there was another note dated june 26th that read have to meet god on june 30th There was another that said and I quote using a stool and keeping the hands eyes and mouth tied up will help attain salvation end quote You guys this is a twist in our second theory that nobody saw coming a well to do and well educated family that everyone describes to be happy one that just arranged a marriage in the house had hiding in it a member who for the past 11 years has been drawing elaborate plans to be able to attain god and reach salvation and not just that one of those plans involved hanging like the branches of a banyan tree and still ending up surviving aran this makes absolutely no sense to me they were an absolutely normal family so this shift from normal to insanity i mean i don't want to use a derogatory term because i understand why radicalizations like the, these happen but the fact that lalit went from a normal caring husband son father to somebody who went to the other side of the spectrum we know that india is the land of babas was there any angle which involves a uh, radicalization by a 
you know self-proclaimed god person whose videos he kept watching i mean you said that there were videos found on his phone was there that angle involved at all firstly i just want to clear this out while lalit seems like this creepy eerie character to us now mr mehta a very close college friend of lalit's remembered sitting with him for hours into the night talking about college days he was known to quote lalit joked a lot he was probably the funniest in our group but he was always a no nonsense man and he never compromised on principles end quote so while he's seeming like this to us everybody who knows him outside really thinks of him as a man with great moral principle and a really funny person and a great friend to hang out with but to get back to your question about self proclaimed god people in india so the police did look into that angle and that theory a third theory now actually became one that the cops found a lead in they questioned a self proclaimed occultist named geeta ma or mother geeta in english geeta ma's husband was actually the contractor who built the very house in which the bhatia family lived but after chasing that lead for a while they realized it was actually a dead end according to them the notes the diaries and all the plans for everything that was to be done were all a doing of lalit alone so the police finally figured out that Lalit murdered his family because he fell to insanity. Um not exactly. That's only till they send off the diaries to a handwriting expert and from the results of the handwriting analysis emerges the third and most widely accepted theory. I am not going to ask this again. Every time I say <clears throat> can it get creepier, <laughs> it gets creepier. So I'm going to stay mum about this part. I think that's for the best. The expert stated that major portions of the handwriting of the diary actually belonged to the newly engaged Priyanka and Lalit's wife. It seemed like they took notes for Lalit whenever he believed his father had taken over his body and was giving him instructions. The cops also recovered footage from a CCTV from across the Bhatia residence that showed the two women from the Bhatia family coming from a shop, walking to their house. carrying four plastic stools just hours before their death and i want you guys to know that these are the same stools that were found next to the body and were most likely what the family used to kill themselves and you also mentioned that these stools were found mentioned in the diaries themselves and one of the scariest parts of the media that has come out of this entire case has been this video of the girls of the family helping get the stools inside if you are interested in seeing this let me tell you the video is chilling but we have uploaded it on our instagram at desi crime you can go and watch it and be ready to be shocked all right so now if you're wondering why would a sane family that has everything going for them do this to themselves There's actually a very interesting psychological condition that many psychologists have claimed is at play here. It's called shared psychosis or shared delusional disorder. This is a syndrome in which symptoms of a delusional belief and sometimes even physical hallucinations are transmitted from one individual to another who shares a very close relationship with each other. I have read my fair share of psychological related crimes and where psychopathy is involved. I have read about shared delusion one famous example can be the notorious child killers in England this was the case of Ian Brady and Myra Hindley 
and Ian Brady was a well-known racist. And through his relationship with Myra Hindley, Myra Hindley also went insane. She started believing in fascism. She became a fanatic of Hitler, and both of them sent out set out on this racist rampage, killings, and are known in England to be the notorious child killers. But that's the thing. As far as I knew, I thought shared delusion was something that happens between two, maybe three people. That's exactly right. Firstly, to begin with, this disorder is very unlikely. The chances of getting it are low, and then to get it and experience it among eleven people seems even more improbable. There's also another very common characteristic of this disorder, which is that the people who experience it are usually extremely isolated from everyone else in society, and it's that proximity to each other which makes the psychosis even worse. Yeah, that was the case with Ian Brady and Myra Hindley. They weren't part of mainstream. Poor come came from not so wealthy backgrounds, at least not as wealthy as the Bhatia did. Did not have a similar social standing, so it's tough for me to understand why. It's tough for me to understand anything about this case, to be honest. So, that's exactly what I feel. Even though it's the explanation I find most plausible, it definitely doesn't fit completely. But then again, in this case, I feel like no theory makes complete hmm. sense. If it was a suicide, how do we explain the happy family found dead with their hands and legs tied? If it was an outside job, how do we explain the diary entries with exact descriptions of how the bodies were found? If it was Lalit who killed everyone, how do we explain the CCTV footage of the two women and how did one Lalit overpower 10 people? If it was a ritual gone wrong, how did 11 people in a single household believe they would survive a hanging, especially when no drugs were found in their body? Was there nobody who knew that they would die and tried stopping the entire thing? None of this makes sense at all. Like no theory fits completely. Ishwarya, so what happened? For some official closure for all of you, let me read out the final report by the Central Forensic Science Laboratory. quote on the basis of the psychological autopsy study on the deceased the incident was not a suicide but an accident that occurred during the course of performing a ritual none of the deceased had an intention to put an end to his/her life end quote another observation the forensic lab makes that hints towards an accident and not a mass suicide is that they believe bhavnesh the elder son of narayani devi actually made an unsuccessful attempt to escape and that's because one of his hands was found up in the air very close to his throat and the rope that tied his hands was looser than that of the others indicating that while he was suffocating he actually tried to untie himself Okay um I have seen this video and Ashwarya made me see this at 12 in the night while doing her research. Let me tell you it's one of the most chilling things I've ever seen. We haven't linked it anywhere. We haven't posted it either because it's too disturbing. It's the first video that came from the Bhatia house moments after these bodies were discovered and in the video the uncensored version at least You see Bhavnesh's hand up near his nose, and I can't stress how scary that was. If you if you're brave enough, you want to go online, try to look for it. That is up to you. But beware, those are some haunting videos. 
but now with bhavnesh trying to escape ishwarya and all the forensic lab calling it an accident i what happened so i have to be honest with all of you this is sort of what life is like life is full of such mysteries the truth about which we'll never know and maybe we'll never really know what happened to the bhatias that night did lalit's mental disorder compel him to murder his family or was this an outside job that someone tried to make look like a religious ritual gone wrong was it actually a religious ritual gone wrong was this shared psychosis or was it just a family burdened by some undiscovered truth that decided to kill themselves i guess we'll never truly know we might not know what happened that night i know what's going to happen tonight <laughs> i'm not going to be able to sleep ashwarya this uh this case is going to lurk in my mind for some time and oh wait hold on you mentioned there was a survivor right the only sliver of hope yep, in tommy. all of this where is tommy the dog where is he right now so you guys tommy was found on the terrace of the house with a very high fever I the day the asked. bodies I, were discovered i knew i shouldn't have asked He was immediately taken to a rescue shelter where for 20 days he kept suffering from regular seizures. Get lost Ashwarya. I don't you don't have to. On the 22nd of July, just 21 days after the family was found dead, Tommy died of a heart attack. Thank you.